I'm I'm fine in timing. I, I've I've made it so that you know what I decided today after the podcast I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so. Hello and welcome to episode 330 of the weekly, brought to you by Pocket Now and Next Day Developers, recorded on Friday, the second of November, 2018, and I am elated to say November. <laughs> no longer have to say October. Can I ask you guys real quick before we get into the the rest of that intro? What was it called? Okay, I get that it was Techtober, but I feel like I was much more correct in calling it Phone Apocalypse. Phone Apocalypse, indeed. <laughs> I um, I'm, I'm really happy that the month is over. There's still a lot to do, um, and there's a lot for us to talk about on this podcast. But welcome back to everybody. I hope we're all okay and recovering. Um, as you can see, there are some residual problems with Techtober. As you can see, my my webcam looks a little bit different today. We've had audio problems. Brandon, why don't you give us a quick example of the problems we're having? Today? So apparently, my microphone's making me have a deep, <laughs> deep voice, which is great. Because- <laughs> I finally sound like I've gone through puberty. Oh, my God. Yeah. If the beard wasn't an indication, indeed. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be the best. Um, okay. So as per Jules's uh, words in this intro, from the cluster fudge that is the red hydrogen one to the distant memory, sort of, of the OnePlus 6T event and a lot of Apple in between. We're here to cover it all because we wish you were here with us. We wish you were there with us throughout all of the things that we were able to do, traveling all over the place, just getting back from New York. Jaime, of course, is still in New York, but he has travel coming up, as do I. It's been a crazy month. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? And the crew is back together. Let's start with... Let's start with... Uh, Brandon Miniman, how are you, man? <laughs> I wish I could hear how it sounds. Is it like super deep or just like kind of like... You sound like... Um, is, what was the name of the, the spy? Deep Throat, was it? Oh, as Whoa, my, that, as my that... mic goes out. As my webcam goes out. Oh my deep God. what? No, let's not. Let's continue on. Continue on. <laughs> that was his name though, right? That was the spy's name. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but in any case, his microphone's having some issues. Um, but... You know, welcome back to the cast. We saw you in New York, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we were able to hang out for a bit. It's fun hanging out. Don't get to see you guys too much in person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jaime Rivetta's finally settled back in his New York studios for a hot second. That's true. Um, so how's it going on your end? Packing. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> packing. That's my life right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of travel coming up. I'm actually going to be out also in the next couple of days. Um, so you may or may not see me on next week's podcast, but that's for next week. Uh, we do have one more person who is meant to be on the podcast. Taylor Marin is going to be here a little bit later, but why don't we just go ahead and jump into all of our stories? Um, okay. The most recent thing that happened, actually, no, technically not, because um, because of what Apple did, OnePlus had to move up their date like a day. So we all had to go there early, but we finally got our hands on. And of course I'm the one who I'm the idiot that leaves it in his car. Um, we have the one plus 16 now. And of course, Jaime has his, there you go. Nice. Um, so we have the one plus 16 newly announced a lot of great stuff to, to talk about with this device. And if I can make the quick um, thought that the one plus 16 with all of its flagship specifications, all of the news that was supposed to come out from this particular new phone from one plus it didn't seem like a very exciting phone until the event. Am I wrong? That always happens, right? They they dramatize the features and talk about how many <laughs> years they spent working on things and, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
But it was more like the story they were telling on stage that got me like I was becoming more in. And by the time the by the time the event was was done, I was all in. And I'm actually really excited for this phone, not just be, not necessarily because it's providing anything completely different than any than anyone else. But it's just because the way that they told the story, it made it clear OnePlus is here. They're finally here. It took six and a half iterations or whatever you want to call it. But they're finally here. Um, so before we get into some of the specifications, Jaime, some quick thoughts on the OnePlus 6T as you're holding. Uh, I wish it came out in red. I think this is the only thing that uh, that I, I feel that's missing. It's definitely a thicker phone. It's definitely a heavier phone. You've got a larger battery. It is probably the most iterative update that I've... Well, no. I mean, if you saw the 3 and the 3T, it was the same thing. But I didn't use the 3, so the 3T for me was new. But then there were more differences, I feel, between the 5 and the 5T than there are between the 6 and the 6T. Hmm. And so it's not that I'm underwhelmed. I just I wish that it came out in red on day one and they gave me the red variant and I'd be a happy guy. There were some rumors that a purple edition was going to come out. Do you do you would you would you rock a purple one? Yeah, I would totally rock any color that's not this matte black or the <laughs> mirror black. Like these are like the colors that I least like. I like the matte black. It's don't get me wrong. It's just uh, I feel I don't know. They were the ones. They're the ones that I should blame for making me like red phones. So please, I would like another one. Thank you. I'm really upset with myself because I have my unit and it has the matted red case on it. You saw that I was using it in New York, like that. Yeah, yeah. that was the immediate uh accessory that we put on um but yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna get to a question to all of you guys especially you jaime after what you just said but let's give a quick welcome to taylor who's just coming in he's still he's still getting set up it looks like (laughs) well i've not quite figured out this whole using my camera for a webcam so it was blocking my monitor it was directly in front of me i had to move it it looks really good your your background's nice and blurred and by the way if i sound deep that's because i've made the transition to a man Nice. <laughs> Finally. Oh, it took 45 years, Brandon. How do you feel? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Okay, so back to the OnePlus 6T. Um, I don't know if I could truly call this a simply iterative update, though, because, you know, we've, we've, we actually have physical, very tangible changes that go from 6 to 6T. And obviously, we're talking about the lack of a headphone jack. They finally they, they moved away from it, even though for years they were saying they're not going to put it away yet. Um, there's uh, now the in-display fingerprint sensor, which I think everyone, I want everyone to chime off on that. Um, and also, there are just, uh, obviously, the fact that it's on T-Mobile, we'll get to that in a little bit uh but that in display fingerprint sensor has anyone ever viewed this as a not really i don't want to say game changer because it's still a fingerprint reader at the end of the day but is it that much of an innovation forward that warrants the 6t leaping forward well it's the first phone in the united states to include an display fingerprint scanner so that is a big deal Uh, the second thing is it's just interesting did you notice when you set it up that it took a little bit initially like, it didn't really get it right at the beginning, and, like, for the first couple of tries, it, it was just giving you issues. And then by, like, the after the 10th time you unlock your phone, it's, it just works now. Yeah. Have you noticed that it truly does learn from you? For the first fingerprint. For the second fingerprint, though, that I registered on it, it's still having issues. It's still learning. Well, but that's because you're most likely using one more than the other. Yeah, I think that's true, too. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so in-displayed fingerprint sensor. Um, I remember when this whole trend was starting to come about, people were really excited because you could touch any part of the screen for it. But of course, that's not the case now. It's a very specific area that shines a light on your fingerprint. Um, that's the full realization of this technology is that in the not-too-distant future, you'll be able to just put your finger anywhere on the screen and boom, it's unlocked. 
Taylor's losing his mind. Uh, right James, James Earl Jones and the podcast, everyone. All we need now is a lightsaber and the whole attire for Darth Vader, and we're on. <laughs> you guys are bullying me and being very mature. I just want to point that out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's exactly who I am. I appreciate that you acknowledge it finally. Oh my God. This is amazing. So, not so that bad. It's so, not. <laughs> so um jules is of course uh, uh playing the uh the unboxing right now over on his side of things uh he's he's in the booth of course uh taylor did you take a look at any of the coverage of the oneplus 6t that that we all did um any any thoughts on this phone um this is this is kind of a hot one despite not being the most unique phone yeah well one i was recently called out for saying something along the lines of a most unique apparently it's either unique or it's not you can't be more or less unique anyway um <laughs> Just throwing that out there because I was called out on it recently. But I think this phone is probably one of the most intriguing to me because as someone who's not been in the game for so long, this is a phone that, you know, it's something as a general consumer I would buy just because the price. So the value, I guess, is the better way to put it. The value yeah. of this phone. And that's really their play. That Obviously, that's what they've been going for, for I, I guess, since they came around originally. But... Yeah, I think that alone is enough to make me interested in this phone, regardless of any of the specifications or anything else. Yeah, the well, value. Well, going down the specs just real quick, um, Snapdragon eight forty five. You can get six or eight gigabytes of RAM, one hundred twenty eight or two hundred fifty six gigabytes of onboard storage. Uh, the display is a ten eighty p display. It's an AMOLED display with that little teardrop notch at the top, which is the selfie camera, but also what it uses for the super fast face unlock. I have to admit. One thing I like about the way the fingerprint sensor is implemented on here is if it fails more than once, it turns on the screen and looks for your face. And the face unlock is always fast. Like it always knows, unless I'm wearing my my shades, it knows that it's me. So I'm happy about that. Um, Oxygen OS, obviously, I want to get a few thoughts on, um, I, I want to get a few thoughts on Oxygen OS as we move forward. Um, so first of all, Oxygen OS, the version of Android that I feel like more so in the past week I've been hearing from people is the their favorite version of Android. Do we agree or do we disagree? Oh, yeah. It is totally my favorite. I just wish they would adopt like the Pixel font instead of their own proprietary, but I love it. <clears throat> I have actually never used it. I don't have uh, mine. You will. To show you, you will very soon, Taylor. Just give me a couple of days to finish filming a couple of things, and you will have a unit as well. But bear in <laughs> mind, like there are differences. There's a so the T-Mobile unit is actually not the same unit as the International in a couple of things. First of all, it's single SIM. Second, it's locked to T-Mobile, uh, which I, I wasn't expecting, and it does have a few T-Mobile applications that I also wasn't expecting to come. I kind of hate that. Okay, which ones were those? You know, the typical, so you get two, the typical My T-Mobile app, and then the other one is to be able to unlock your phone, which didn't work. I wasn't able to unlock my phone. Oh, <laughs> womp womp. It doesn't come with T-Mobile Are you supposed days? to pay to unlock it off of T-Mobile if you want to use it? Well, that, as a... that is a good question. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, but it just, it, it told me the phone Balance. is not eligible and period. That's it. According to Jules, you have to pay off the, uh, you have to have 40 days of consecutive use first. And then after that, pay off the balance of the device, which of course is uh, on T-Mobile. That's the one that's, I think, seven five seventy nine. I think is the, is the price of that one. Because they have the mm-hmm. eight gigabyte and 128 gigabyte storage uh, mirror black edition. So that's the yeah, and th- yeah, and that's another thing. That's actually an exclusive. Like if you, you can get the six gig, uh, six gig, one hundred and twenty eight from OnePlus, but if you want that mirror black, eight gig, one hundred and twenty eight, it can only be 
gotten on, on T-Mobile right now. All right, a couple of quick takes on um, some more device stuff before we get into the T-Mobile portion of the story, which I, I personally really enjoyed. Um, and, and for one particular reason, Jaime and I went to the pop-up in at for the T-Mobile store, so we'll, we'll talk about that oh in a bit. Oh, my God. That was crazy. Go for it. Yeah. All right, so first of all, the um, the display. This is going to be a very typical question to ask for, for a phone like this. 1080p, is it still not enough, or is it just enough still for you guys? Dude, I, I don't know about you guys. I 1080p is more than enough. I, I find is. it that way. What are you about? It what is. about you, Brandon? I have always been a pixel pixel peeper, and like, it's fine for me. I mean, the DPI is over like four hundred, and um, over like you know, if it's over like three fifty or even three hundred, in a lot of cases, you really can't notice any pixelation or display quality issues. So, it's perfectly fine for me. Yeah. Uh, it's uh never too much, never too much. <laughs> very wide. Oh no, that's not very wide, is it? Never mind. Anyway, Taylor, um, 1080p, uh, yay or nay on you? It's way more than enough. It really, truly is, and and that's actually the reason that I only make videos in 1080p, is because 4K is really only valid if you are looking at it on a large screen and relatively close to it. Mm. Beyond that, like a computer monitor, sure. A TV, sure. But a phone, it's so far beyond what you can actually discern that it doesn't matter. I mean, I was talking about this stuff back in 2012. <laughs> like, like when QHD was first coming around, it's like, okay, this is getting to be a little excessive only because you can't really see it. And if you can, the amount, like it is well past the point of diminishing returns. Yeah, I think, I think it was, um, I think it was... Jonathan Morrison, he did that comparison with the, it's actually right here, the 10R beside, I think it was the Poco phone. Oh, okay. And and he was saying, this one's a 720p screen, or maybe the, the Poco's 1080p, and this one is 750p? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you put them side by side, it's more about, for me, the color accuracy and... Overall so, yeah, enjoyment. I mean, OnePlus said it on stage yeah. themselves. It's not about the numbers. It's about the user experience, which is why we talk about the uh, Oxygen OS, which is why we talk about these displays. I want to remember everything that you guys just said, though, as we get into our MacBook discussion a little bit later. Anyway, um, one final yeah, question. But, on but, the oh, go ahead. Hold Tim. on. But l let me talk about that display. But there are a couple of changes that are not necessarily good. Um, one of the things that I loved about the OnePlus 6 is that if you went into full screen mode for video, it would not reveal the notch like it would automatically hide the notch the moment you zoomed into full screen video mm -hmm. so you wouldn't be able to see it whereas in the case of the 6t it does the notch there. is visible it does go there pretty much like in the iphone 10s, which pisses me off it's I'm teeny like, this was teeny yes but it doesn't really matter it was like this is something that shouldn't have been changed like i oneplus was the first company to do it right with the oneplus 6 why break it with the 6t is it really that big of a deal, Jaime? I mean, like, like <laughs> 27, oh, man, man. 27 <laughs> pixels are... I can't take you seriously. No, no. Can, you imagine, can you imagine going to a movie theater and having the person on one corner stand up and put their head in part of the monitor and cover it up? It's not that it's going to be a big of a deal. Most likely, everything that you care about the movie is going to be aside from the guy's head. But it, it, regardless, it's, a, it's annoying. Does it, does it offer the option to zoom out? So you're saying you zoom can't, in. No, no. This is only when you zoom, zoom into in. full screen video. Then I'm never going to do problem, it anyway. <laughs> wait, <laughs> like, but the problem is, the problem is, and by the way, commenters and listeners, this is the reason why we haven't made the move to 18 by 9 video. 
you don't need uh you don't need a pillar box. It's not pillar boxing. What's the other? Uh, uh you don't need letterboxing yeah, on your TV. And notches are going to – there's no way for you to avoid the notch disruption on 18 by 9 video if you have a phone that, that you know, doesn't cover it up. And so, like, if you're using a Pixel 3 XL, you – oh, it's bad if you're using a Pixel 3 XL. So that's the reason why we stick to 16 by 9 video for a bit. Yeah, so um, I wonder if you – we will have to test this for our, for our full reviews as they come. Um, if you go into the settings and you hide the notch, if that kind of fixes that. But it's not an automatic thing like it was on the OnePlus 6. It's it, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't tried it. I I will, but then again, you know the the, the notch is not intrusive. It's not doesn't bother me for everything else. Like for daily operations, it doesn't really cause me anything to be annoyed about. I just I don't like that one thing that was so well done on the six is screwed on the six T. All right. Um, if you disable the notch either through developer options or through you know the regular settings and display, I think it's unethical to disable pixels. I do like. What do you? Why would you turn off pixels and reduce your screen size? All I, pixel lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. well, it, with the with the exception of the Pixel Three XL, everyone. <laughs> which which <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Jesus, um, man. Uh, Jesus. I uh, one final thought on the OnePlus Six T camera. Have you used the camera quite extensively? Um, we're going to talk about this real quick. Talk about T-Mobile and then head out because Brandon is has to head not head out. Brandon has to head out a bit. <laughs> so I was um, I've I actually just came back from running some comparison tests between the XS and the Six T. Uh, I you know ph- photography on the Six was good. Uh, these are the same cameras. They call for an enhanced HDR. I do notice it on the screen, but I do want to pull the photos out and see them on the computer exactly. before giving a verdict. Because visually, because this uh, for some reason I just find them to be brighter and more saturated on the on the 6T than on the 10s. Uh, I would rather pull them into a computer and see if that's really the case. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I've been able to go through it a little bit. The portrait mode seems to be working fairly well um, on on the rear. On the front, um, they have the face retouching. Uh, and if you look at my Instagram, um, I did do one photo where it was me and then another photo that wasn't me because my freckles are gone. They're like a defining feature of my face. So the, so the face retouching is still a thing there. Um, Taylor, uh, you, you, you touched upon this earlier that the price is a big part about this. And the base level model of this phone comes in at five. 49 which is a great price but even then 579 on t-mobile and if you do the payment plan it's only 12 dollars a month um for everything that this phone is doing is this is this the do we have the return of the never settle mentality like they they, they never use the term flagship killer anymore no one ever does so that's fine but is the never never settle mentality back uh now that this phone is in over five thousand stores in the u.s because of t-mobile I mean, I'm honestly considering going out after this and going to get one myself. Oh, wow. I've been considering it because I have the S8 Plus still. Fine. I'll keep the unit here. No problem. (laughs) Well, that's the only thing keeping me from from going (laughs) and actually physically buying it because this is my newest Android phone is the 8 Plus, uh, S8 Plus. And I don't know. I've always kind of teetered on that line of wanting to buy the OnePlus or not and... uh, Having it available, and and I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, but having it available to finance through a carrier just make it sweetens that deal. Twelve dollars a month, or I think the upper end, the higher end version is like close to twenty dollars. 
Yeah, something like that. Twelve dollars was via trade-in. I think that's what Jules was chiming in of uh, on. Which I've, um, what I've which I've got a trade-in for. I I know I'm a sucker. I know financing and trading in your phones is like the worst way to do things, at least from a financial standpoint. But <laughs> it just makes things more viable. Like I don't want to drop a thousand dollars, fourteen hundred dollars on a phone, and really, truly, I don't want to drop five hundred and seventy-five dollars on a phone. Yeah. Um, uh, for anybody out there, but, um, for anybody out there who's looking to get or to suggest a new phone for any of uh, anybody in your families who happen to be on T-Mobile, this is a compelling phone. It's it is compelling to the max because it is not only an affordable phone, but it does everything that the other phones tend to do and then some. Um, we are going to go ahead and wrap up on the OnePlus 6T. I know that Brandon has uh, a bit of an out right now, so Brandon, if you wanted to give any final thoughts before you uh, bid us farewell for today. James Earl Jones, please. <laughs> You're gonna miss my um, delectable voice when I'm gone. <laughs> delectable. <laughs> the new me, Taylor. You better <laughs> learn to love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna drop out. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. See you later, man. All right. Uh, we're, Jaime and I will get into our experience around the T-Mobile slash OnePlus 6T exper- uh, like whole pop-up thing a little bit later. Um, we're going to do that uh, during our break. But for now, let's jump into what happened just the day after um, uh, OnePlus did their announcement. We're talking about the new Apple products. So there was this like there's this invite that came out that had like this drawing of an Apple on it. And they said new th- like more things are coming. I think it is I think is what what they were saying on that invite. but. Um, I actually watched the uh, the keynote, and I was actually yeah, I watched it here too. You watched it there. I was actually getting excited for the new MacBook Air. Like I'm using a MateBook X Pro right now, so I'm all, I'm obviously into the Ultrabook life at the moment. So I'm really excited. I was really excited rather to hear what the MacBook Air had to offer, and then I heard the words dual core. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. Uh, wait, let me ask. Are you using the nose cam right now? No, I'm not. I'm using an actual webcam. Oh. <laughs> because if I did, I mean, I could turn it on right now if you want. Here, let's take a look at this. No, no, no. It's horrible. <laughs> there's like, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, on the Huawei MateBook X Pro, there's a little hidden cam that's at keyboard level. So it's going to be looking up here if <laughs> if you, if I were to turn it on right now. So I'm using an actual webcam. And then my camera, my actual DSLR is behind it. Wishing it could be used, but for some reason I had technical difficulties. Anyway, the MacBook Air, um, smaller bezels, it's faster, it's 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 lighter. I mean, it's a MacBook Air. Um, and uh, from what I remember of the keynote, the main thing they were talking the entire time, I just remember laughing when I heard this. They were saying, um, and we brought the feature that all of you really wanted, a retina display. And I was like, that's the one everyone wanted? <laughs> like, That's the feature that everyone was clamoring for on a notebook that should be available for creatives and for <laughs> and for uh, people mean, who want to be artists? I mean, I, I, I used a MacBook so. Air I think for, the MacBook Air... Sorry, Taylor, go for it. Oh, I was just saying I've used a MacBook Air, a recent MacBook Air, and I don't know, switching back to that display after having used a MacBook Pro and the uh, 12-inch MacBook... It was kind of tough, so oh, okay. I think so. I think I think it has a lot to do with, um, like, especially when I was photo editing and stuff on on the twelve inch MacBook. Comparing that to doing some on my sister's MacBook Air, it was just it's just better. Like, if you're using the MacBook for what we do, it definitely matters. Um, but then again, nobody's like video editing or anything on it and on the MacBook just Air. Just a photo yeah. edit, yeah, and just a photo edit on like the twelve inch MacBook, or I'm sure this, it's pretty intense especially if you're dealing with like real large images i mean this camera puts out 42.8 megapixels 
Yeah, something like that. It would bog it would bog a <laughs> laptop down, you know, importing just five. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember back when uh, Mr. Fisher was, uh, I think, I think in, in his last months with you guys, um, <clears throat> he was using a MacBook Air to edit everything, and I thought he was a crazy person <laughs> for doing that. No, he he was he was all he used the MacBook Pro for a year, but he used the like a first generation MacBook Air for a bit. Yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I think he had that. If I'm not mistaken, he had that MacBook Air when we were in IFA. Yeah. Or at IFA in yeah. 2014. Yeah. That was and, a back. and he was video editing on that, <laughs> exporting and <laughs> no, stuff. No, I, I, I used the MacBook Air for video editing for about a year. And, uh, uh, you know, it was good enough. It wasn't. How were those hour and a half export times? No, it it was it was a thirty minute export time. <laughs> Still that wasn't bad. That, and and then I jumped to the MacBook Pro and I went from thirty minutes to three. You know, pretty much. Mm. I was I was just thinking to myself, you know, because I'm I've been in the market for a new laptop for a while. I've been using a, an old MSI for a long time, and I'm finally at a, on a newer one, and I'm very happy with it. So I was actually really interested to hear what the MacBook Air had to offer. And like I said, like it's an eighth gen. Um, Intel processor, but it's a dual core one, and it's made it's it's one that was catered to well, this, dude. Dude, but that's the thing. I mean, the 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 MacBook Pro, the the 13 inch barely got quad. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the MacBook Air to get to get uh anything over anything close to a quad. Like, yeah. there's just no way. Forget it. There's it's not going to happen. This is Apple, and this com- this computer is not triggered for creatives. It's a business people's computer where you're going to type in emails and stuff like that. Now, the, now that being said, you can use it. I mean, it's got two Thunderbolt three ports. Not even the new MacBook has that. True. Uh, two Thunderbolt threes. Like it literally is like a like a mini. 13-inch MacBook Pro to a certain degree. It's like a lesser version of that MacBook Pro. Mm. It doesn't have the same clock speeds, but you get two Thunderbolt 3s. You get Touch ID, which you don't get on the non-touch bar MacBook Pro, Uh, for example. Uh, You know, so there are a lot of things going for this computer. Like, I would be willing to use a MacBook Air, like, on a trade show and not carry a MacBook Pro just because of, of, you know, it's two pounds less on my back. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's just me. I know a lot of people that would swear by their MacBook Pros and that said where I prefer portability. Yeah, that's kind of that's, the setup I have at the a- moment. I have the Ultrabook, the MateBook, and then I have an eGPU that, for the last two trips so far, I have had this eGPU set up in my hotel room ready to ready to do the rendering as I use this on whatever floor I'm on. So I, I do get that. There is some cumbersome, so, it's so, still cumbersome to have so this that- big GPU, though, I will admit. Exactly, and that's really the probably the biggest point about this MacBook Air is if you want the extra horsepower, you can connect an eGPU. Yeah, you know, so that's one of the main reasons why I'm like, wow, this computer's actually no slouch. It is not, but it's still a big ask for twelve hundred bucks. I was just about to ask. It definitely the my biggest problem with that MacBook Air is the twelve hundred. They're pricing it like the old thirteen inch MacBook Air. That's the thing. I mean, if they would have come up with the 11-inch, which if for me, an 11-inch MacBook Air with just one Thunderbolt 3 port and stuff like that, I would have loved that thing. Yeah, they'd still charge uh, 900 bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, but still, at 900 at 900 bucks and 11 inches, that was I, I had one of those 11-inch MacBook Airs. I really love that thing. So I don't know. I, I guess the starting price is literally the same as previously with the old macbook air and i you know i think that they, they they have a purpose for it you know they're adding a lot of stuff that is really hard to find right now and a lot of like if you look at any 1200 dollars you know regular windows laptop 
Thunderbolt 3 is not easy to come by. And at most, you're, you're going to get one port. Yeah. At most. You know, and you're probably not going to get the best display in the world. I mean, even that MateBook X Pro that you're using, Josh, that thing is like 1500 bucks. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it comes with dedicated graphics. You know, it comes with a six-core processor. True that. <laughs> true, true that. But it's a $1,500 computer, and you don't have optimized applications for it like Final yeah, Cut fair. Pro, for example, which is the other case. You know, It's not just the computer. It's the fact that Apple does offer a suite of software that will take advantage of, of – dude, you can edit video on a new MacBook if you want. It's going to take you an hour and a half to render that video, but you can still edit it without background rendering. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I have I have toyed with the idea of moving to Final Cut Pro, but I'm you know I'm happy with what I have right now. Um, but yeah, for twelve hundred dollars, um, I, I I wonder. Your master race. <laughs> for twelve hundred dollars, I wonder who has uh, who this particular MacBook Air is for, and I think that I mean the number one the number one answer, at least in my eyes, is someone who had the previous one and wants the new like display, and that makes sense to me. Um, but I still think that a 13-inch MacBook Pro, even priced at, let's say, 1800 that has dedicated graphics and a six-core processor would have been like an immediate buy for me, just personal. What, 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 I, what I think is that Apple needs to wake up and smell the coffee about the MacBook, the non-MacBook Air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That computer should not cost more than $800. Exactly. Like, I, I get it that there was a lot of R&D to create that computer, and it took two generations, but right now it's going to be like, you know, the new MacBook is now going to be 999 and then we've got the MacBook Air at 1299 I feel that, that that would have been a good balance. Right now, the new MacBook is like, it's still $1,300. i am like, no. And that thing struggles to, like, load Chrome sometimes. Because <laughs> so, I used one for a year and a half, and just for writing, mainly. And I would have TweetBot... I would have Bear or whatever writing app, just a basic minimalist writing app, and Chrome. And that thing would just bog down. Yeah. Right, but like you were using tabs. non-Apple applications. We go back to the thing. Like it's it's like uh. Windows with Windows 10s, and even so, like I'm currently using that Samsung Galaxy Book 2. By the way, it, it arrived to me three days ago. Oh my God! Even running Windows. Uh, from with the approved apps for Windows 10s, even running Slack on that thing is slow AF. All right, and it's a th- and it's a one thousand dollar computer. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I, I do want to make sure we spend a good amount of time on the iPad, which is why I want to ask for hot takes on the Mac Mini. Um, here's here's one thought that I want to give out there for someone like me who's always looking for the optimized uh, way of going. How does this sound to you guys? A Mac Mini. Bring just that with me. And maybe the Huawei, um, just so I have an Ultrabook to use on the show floor. But if I want to do, like, the hardcore editing stuff back in my hotel room, Mac Mini, HDMI into the TV of the hotel room. How's that sound? <laughs> it's going to be terrible. You know, the TVs as monitors are bad. <laughs> TVs as monitors are this the worst. So, like, you get the worst resolution. This is, this is so funny to me, though, that, like, they make mini computers. Okay, Jules says buy a portable display. I agree, but still, it's why would I have the laptop then is what I'm saying. But the Mac Mini is – it's a portable device not made to be portable. That's the thing that drives me nuts about these kinds of products. It has everything no, I, I asked for, too, like an 8-gen, 6-core processor. Mm-hmm. It has great storage options. It has four Thunderbolt 3 ports. So talk about your eGPUs there. You still need your eGPU. Yeah, no, but, but 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 see, that's the thing. I would rather carry an eGPU and that's it. Okay, fair enough. I was just curious. You know, I, yeah, you, you sold me on that. I just wish eGPUs weren't the size of my bike. <laughs> you would probably uh, still need an eGPU with this Mac Mini, though, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Intel Graphics 630, like... 
Yeah. What yeah, what is it? What is serious. it? What is it with these? It's always integrated graphics. I mean, like again, just talk about the Mate Book. It's just one example of it. The MX150. It is a it is a dedicated processor, a graphics processor that can be put into these ultrabooks that they should have put in there. Which is not, which is not really good. It's not amazing, but it helps. It helps. Yeah. Um it's not really that great. I mean, I I understand Apple in the sense that, you know what? Why require the extra space for the for the GPU if it's not going to be great? Yeah, that's true. By the way, Jaime, just so you know, the uh, Gigabyte Aorus, it's the smallest eGPU out there, if you are interested. Uh, <laughs> and uh, You'll link me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sponsored, just saying. <laughs> um, the six-core edition of the Mac Mini, again, does not come with dedicated graphics. starts off at $1,099. Um, but uh, <laughs> can someone explain to me this maximum edition that comes in at $4,100? Like what is going on? Nope. <laughs> like, uh, so, I, I what is there to? I, I guess they. I guess they had that Mac Mini server version, which wasn't cheap. Yeah. And uh, if you've already got your monitor and you want a maxed out computer, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you can get that. Yeah, Jules I mean, says ten gigabit a, Ethernet, uh, six core i seven, two terabytes of storage on that thing. And if it's still that small, like wow, you know, how come there's no middle? Yeah. Like, I, I get it, but I uh, but I would rather buy a Mac, uh, but I would rather buy an iMac Pro for that amount of money, and also get the display and the keyboard and everything, because that's the thing. It's forty one hundred dollars without a good keyboard or mouse or display, you know. So once you add up all this stuff, you end up buying an iMac yeah, Pro. Agreed. All right, so let's get into the one the the refresh that everyone was waiting for, and talk about how the iPad Pro may be pushing the envelope but also kind of stepping back a little bit. And by that, of course, I mean there's no more lightning port. It's a USB-C device. And I see Jaime already is shaking God. his head. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I, I'm hoping, if, listen to what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm hoping that there is a USB-C to lightning dongle. Yes. Because I'm so loaded with lightning accessories for iPads. I'm like, all right, man, couldn't you just add two ports to that damn thing? One USB-C, one lightning, and make everybody freaking happy? Yeah. I mean, Jaime, you've Jaime. got you've got the space. Jaime. That would make too much sense. Also, I wasn't expecting such a such a realistic remark from you right <laughs> but now. It, but if they were gonna do that, they would probably charge another two hundred bucks just just they were like, ah, two ports, two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's you know? true. Like, and and you know what? Yeah, I will say there right, there, so, there there should be there's a hundred percent. There's going to be a USB C to Lightning because they did say on the keynote that you can charge your iPhone with it. So of course there's going to be USB C to Lightning cable. Well, they, they already make that. Have they already they been already making make that? A USB-C that is to true. Lightning. That is true. It's there not is an a, no, but but it's not no, an but adapter. I need but I need a uh, I would need the inverse connector because I have a male Lightning. And we're talking that there is USB C yeah, so to need, male lightning. So, so I need, need female, female lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, Wait, no, yeah, female a, or female USB C to lightning. No, I would I would need a, a ma- I would need male US male USB C to female lightning is what I would need. Okay, I see what you mean. Yes. Okay. Like my microphone. My microphone for the daily requires a lightning connector. Um, and you know I prefer they're... using an iPad because I'm able to see my waves on one side and the script on the other, and it's just more practical. Uh, but uh, yeah, sure, I could just go back and use an iPhone instead. Uh, but I would prefer using my iP- my iPad Pro for everything that I currently use my 9.7 inch iPad Pro. You know, they're going to charge like eighty dollars for that adapter, right? <laughs> 
you, you're so optimistic. I was expecting a hundred, but fine. <laughs> uh, Belkin, Belkin will wait six months and they'll come out with one for thirty. So how do we feel about and this? Then uh, Anchor will make one for fifteen. <laughs> so, um, so how do we feel about some of these other changes on the iPad Pro? Like, obviously, we have a better display. Again, Liquid Retina, as they love to use the Retina display uh, terminology. Uh, Face ID. There's no home button anymore. Uniform bezels. Um, the Apple Pencil uh, is uh, magnetically docked on there for for both just mounting and charging. Finally, charging in a way that makes yep, sense. Exactly. A 10 hour yeah, Charging through the port was a horrible idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're charging the Apple Pencil on the 12 inch, or I had a 12.9 inch iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil, and it's like this wide when you're charging. <laughs> and you can't, like, it, it's just so bad. I know. It, it looked like a painting canvas. It, it yeah. was the worst. <laughs> um, the Apple A12X, this is a larger version of the A12. So it has a, has a lot of good processing. Put that thing on a keyboard. You can do a lot of things that an Ultrabook can do, actually. Um, so there were, there were a lot of bits and pieces to this entire iPad Pro ecosystem um, just to show how it can replace a laptop, which I thought was funny. They were like, the iPad Pro is for anybody who doesn't want a laptop. But if you do, here's a MacBook Air. <laughs> like, um, so they're trying to cover every base, even though they, they made it clear the iPad Pro is probably their most celebrated device of this particular event. Um, but you're also still spending as much as you would on, on, on a laptop. laptop. Exactly. I mean, it starts at $799, but goes all the way up to $1899. No, no, no. So I did the math. The one that I ordered is $1250 if you want the keyboard and you want the pencil and the 256-gigabyte iPad Pro because you can't buy an iPad for 64 gigs. I'm like, seriously, Apple? Mm. Like, you just can't. That's ridiculous. Oh, God. The picture of this dude video editing on an iPad. <laughs> just can't. Well, they got, they got Adobe up on stage for the keynote. And uh, they showed the full yeah, version of true. Photoshop on there, which I thought was great. But they need to optimize. Adobe Premiere Rush just came out. And I need- whenever, w- whenever Apple comes up with, like, a Final Cut light that allows at least three to four layers of video mm-hmm. editing, I would be like, okay, we've got an iPad. Well, Jules program. is a believer in Rush, apparently. He just chimed in. Uh, Premiere Rush is great, apparently. I have to use it. It's not on Android I, I, yet. That's my biggest I, problem. I gave I, I gave it a little try, and it's got a limited amount of layers, and, uh, you know, it's like literally like iMovie. No, it's not. It's, it's like Windows Movie Maker almost pro. Like almost pro, but not ah, there. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing I need is photo editing but the the photo editing in lightroom mobile now is fantastic because you can sync your presets and stuff which is oh god it's beautiful it's amazing um but then again i just i don't know i I still have a 12.9 inch ipad the original 12.9 and uh i love it but man i just maybe i've just gotten old or cheap or the the impending doom of having my first child (laughs) is uh oh did i congratulate you on the cast yet about that like by the way I haven't been around Thanks. in a couple of weeks. So I apologize, man. <laughs> it's it's made me a cheapskate. Like I look at these prices and I'm like, God, that's a lot of diapers, you know? <laughs> like, oh my know. God, this is that. That's like two iPad Pros right there, you know? <laughs> right. God, which one of these could I get instead of a crib? <laughs> so who who is this? Okay, so Jaime, you actually gave your example of why an iPad works for you. You use it as your waveform and recording device for the audio. Um, that's one good example of how it's practical to have this large screen here. Who else is the iPad Pro for if you have an iPad from before? The new one? Yeah. Rich people. <laughs> I don't know. Like, on on a serious note, like, the reason I got the 12.9-inch iPad Pro is because 
for the last four years, my primary job has been writing. I've been writing and not making nearly as many videos as I do now. Uh, and I used it as a writing tool, which is, it's a very expensive writing tool, but it's a, it's a distraction-free writing tool. Like, it's limited in what it can do, and I use that as a benefit. Like, you can do multitasking on an iPad, but it sucks. And I use that to block out a bunch of distractions and use it as a writing tool. Mm. That uh, is, that really is a good that. point. That is a good point. I love using iPads for writing scripts. I just there are things where I like there are people that don't need a computer. Um, I'll give you the example of my sister. She has never owned a computer. All she uses is her phone for absolutely everything that she does, from bank transactions to absolutely everything. She does not know what it's like to own a computer. So I know a ton of people for where you know computers are overkill. All they need to do is respond to email, browse the web. I just feel that iPads got lost with this whole pro moniker. Where I feel that iPads should not cost more than five hundred bucks. Yeah, that I for totally me agree. is the problem. I, iPads and Chromebooks should not cost more than five hundred bucks. There's and another, so sorry, go ahead. No, and and so for me, if like the whole composite of buying an iPad, meaning the keyboard and the and the stylus, would be eight hundred dollars, it'd be like it's it's an impulsive buy. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, it's it's a It'll be that light thing that I want to carry to a briefing that I don't want to carry a computer. And then I could also use it for my for my shot list and, and everything. It's so practical. That's me. But I'm not going to lie. Like we were discussing it with Brandon and I'm like, I think I'm better off with my existing iPad Pro. I don't feel a need to upgrade because of the price. It is too much money for a product that's convenient but not not fully useful, as yeah. useful as a computer. It's just I, convenient. I also forgot the the other main reason I got the iPad Pro is because I was camping, and oh. AC power is kind of hard to come by when you're <laughs> off the grid. You can't just you can't just like, like move a bush out of the way, and then in the tree there's a outlet. <laughs> right, right. No, I have this right here, which I could charge with a solar panel, but it's the Anchor Power. Oh house, yeah, yeah. And that's got AC power, but I can charge my iPad with a power bank two, three times. I can charge it with a powerhouse. Uh, 10 times or more, I could charge my laptop maybe three or four times. Yeah, fair. And that's that's the big thing there is USB power, being able to charge things mobily when you don't have access to uh, an outlet. And that's the other big thing for me, especially for like students. If you're in a classroom and you need a laptop with with a, if you need power, you might not have that no matter what classroom you're in. You might not have access to that AC power, but if you've got a power bank, you're good for it day, could work that days. way yeah i agree um yeah and that that was one of the biggest reasons for me buying that is is not having to lug around a big power brick everywhere i went i just had a power bank toss it in my backpack and i could go for i could work for two or three days without having to bring other chargers with me yeah for sure okay um uh, by the way i am looking in the chat um james w uh agrees with jaime in regards to your use case scenario of the ipad who he, he also said that the ipad is still not going to be the replacement for laptops for most people pretty much all people really um still not going to get to that point um adrian strozier says uh never been interested in the ipad sorry <laughs> um a bigger device is one thing but once we have a device for every single little category it starts to get a little ridiculous in my eyes like i would have loved to have something like an ipad but i already got the ultrabook and i already have like in my case the pixel at the moment but i'm reviewing a lot of different phones so any of these phones that have come out in techtober um so yeah i think i have most of my uh most of my stuff, most of my bases covered. 
Okay, so we got through all of that. We have the uh, OnePlus 6T uh, and also the Apple announcements, which happened back to back. Um, with that, just like when we were covering all of those events, we needed to take a little break. So we're going to do that right now. The Pakana Weekly is brought to you by the National Security Agency. Almost every day we hear something on the news about a cyber attack. Sometimes it's just a bunch of pranksters, but more often it's a foreign country with vast cyber resources trying to hack our power grid, our banking systems, or our military's information networks. The National Security Agency plays a big part in protecting our country from cyber attacks, and you can help. The NSA is hiring technical professionals to serve on the front lines of information security. If you work in computer science, networking, programming, or electrical engineering, you can help keep our country safe. Design new hardware systems and networks, write faster, smarter programs, protect America's critical infrastructure, or help uncover what our adversaries are planning to do next. Learn more about careers at the National Security Agency today. Visit intelligencecareers.gov NSA. That's intelligencecareers.gov NSA. The Pocket Now Weekly is also supported by OnePlus. If you've had your eye on the OnePlus 6T, and we all have had some good things to say about it with its in-display fingerprint scanner, teardrop notch, and impressive specifications, you can buy one now starting at $549. That is half the price of many other flagships. And with frequent software updates in that Oxygen OS and top-shelf components, this phone's going to run fast and smooth for even longer. Order yours now by heading to pocketnow.com slash OnePlus 6T. All right, and we're back. Um, <laughs> as our little uh, our little break occurs there, um, we have our last, let's say, 15 or 20 minutes of the show talking about, man, I don't really have a whole lot that I can or even want to say about this one. Um, so over on Pocket Now, you can head over to uh, the Red Hydrogen One review. And uh, Jules is scrolling through that thing right now. That Yes, Jaime's laughing. This is what we're ending the show on, is the <laughs> Red Hydrogen One. <laughs> Oh my God! Did you see it? Michael had it. Uh, I, yeah, Michael Fisher played around with it for a little bit. That thing was a brick. Okay. Yeah. So, what were your impressions? Let's start with that. Okay. I, I, what I thought was okay. Just, just by the way it looked, the red hydrogen one seems like a Franken razor because it has that like really blocky. But then they added all of these like textures to the side and whatnot. It's, it, it looks like a branding nightmare because like it's almost as if red is trying way too hard to make this phone look different from everyone else because you want to know that that is a red camera, a red phone. Um, they're trying to make it look tactical. Yeah, tactical. Like, yeah, that's that's the one. No, not tactical. Oh. Tactical. Oh, tactical. <laughs> yes. I think we have the name of our podcast now. Um, the <laughs> the um, the other thing was that um, I'm, try I'm trying to remember who. I didn't turn it on, but a couple of the people we were hanging out with who were using the phone turned on the 3D screen effects. And I was like, oh, cool. That's the feature I turned off on my 3DS. <laughs> I was like, I've never... I don't know. I, I it doesn't do anything for me. And from what I can tell, the um, as, as has been the folly of many a phone company um, over the last over pretty much throughout the history of smartphones. When it comes to the camera, it's not that the camera itself is bad. It's that they don't know how to tune the software for it yet. And it seems like that's the problem, the biggest problem right now with the red phone, uh, the red hydrogen rather. Um, so honestly, it's it's a phone that's trying way too hard to make it clear to you what it is without actually fundamentally making it what that is. You know, red for cameras. This is not a great camera, apparently. So that's what I've been hearing, at least. So yeah, no, and 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 if 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 red is gonna make a camera and not or a phone and not make it the best damn camera around, 
what's the point? Yeah. Like they don't have they shouldn't have to explain what it is about this phone that that's so unique. It should be Red made a phone. It's a really good camera phone. If they did not hit that mark, it's a failure. And period. And you know what 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 gets me is like okay, Taylor, so you you've been as you've been saying out of the game for a while. Um but you've been able to see the evolution of smartphones and what these companies have been able to do over the years of improving their phones and whatnot. Why is it so hard for a new player to come into the game and not already understand the lessons every other camera or every other phone company have 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 learned? Like you just have to look it's at like smartphone the, history to know don't do that or do this or do that. It's it's like the um the used car lot. I don't remember who it was, but somebody explained it to me. It's, there are a lot of them around here, and I'm sure everywhere in America, probably around the world, where there's this one spot in a, a township or whatever that's a used car lot. It opens. It's around for six months, a year. It shuts down because they didn't get any business. So the next one moves in. They're like, we can do this better. And they, the exact same things happen. And then it it's just like it recycles over and over and over. And nobody ever learns anything. And it's, it's that same situation. Um, downtown Concord. So I live in Concord, North Carolina. This downtown area, there's this this shopping mall in the downtown area that's inside. There are a bunch of shops in it, and it's like one week there will be a Thai restaurant, and then they're gone, and then another Thai restaurant comes in, and they're gone, and another one comes in, and they all make the same mistakes. And I can't explain why. <laughs> yeah, it, because it, it looks like all the same. It's the same. All situation. the same follies are occurring with the red hydrogen right now. Uh, the t- case in point, the very top portion of the review, uh, by the way, everybody, pocketnow.com slash red hydrogen one review, um, red hydrogen one review, each word has a hyphen, by the way, so like segment those. Um, so head over to that review and the one of the top portions of it, not only about the buying experience, because red did not provide this unit, he had to buy it, um, is the whole modularity portion. There's supposed to be a camera module, a battery module, a 2D cinema module. None of those are out yet. It's, it's, it's the... Um, it's the Moto Z. Well, then again, Moto Z, it had modules available at launch. This doesn't even have that. And moreover, to the point, we're going to talk about the story a little bit later, that the titanium versions of this phone were completely flubbed up, uh, not even not even made available the way that they wanted it to be. And, you know, there's you, really go over to the uh, go, go over to the review. Like there's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Jaime, uh, I, I think you needed a minute, but are you back? Yeah, no, I'm back. Uh, sorry about that. So, no, like, Adam had a horrible experience, starting with the buying process. Like, he pre-ordered, and he got billed immediately, and then didn't get a phone for a full year. No emails, no apologies, no nothing. To start with that, and I think Josh rough. is paused. Is Josh paused, or is he gone? He's just so flabbergasted by that that uh, <laughs> he can't process it. <laughs> no, I, that's rough, man. That's rough. Like they should not charge until it's shipped. And no, that like and that's the first thing. And then and then Adam compares it to like the Nokia what the N nine hundred I think it is from like five years at the N eight. How old is that phone, Jules? Is that two thousand nine or something like that? Two thousand ten? It's two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. I have one somewhere. Actually, yeah. no, my friend stole it. So yeah, yeah your friend had- stole it. I had one. <laughs> exactly. And so like it's literally it's like of the it's like of the Razer phone that I have right here the oh, shoot. Sorry about that. It's like of the Razer phone that I have right here and the Moto something had a baby. Uh and it, I don't think I've ever held a phone that's heavier than that one. 
I have never her- held a phone that's heavier than the that than that red hydrogen one. How much and does it weigh? It I don't know, man. Sixty three grams. It is horrendously heavy. How many ounces is that? Uh, it's really bad. Uh, and can somebody ping Josh? I think he doesn't know that he's frozen. I don't know. <laughs> I think he doesn't oh, know he's that he's gone. frozen. Yeah, so he's, he's fully gone. Uh, uh, but 9. yeah, nine point two seven ounces. Holy crap! That's dude. That's more than half a pound. <laughs> that phone is heavy, and so you'll, you'll you'll say like, yeah, no, but the iPad weighs one pound. Yes, but the iPad is this big, and so right. the weight distribution is far better on the iPad than on that chunky. Uh, like, uh, it's funny when when Adam reached out and he's like, dude, do you want to do you want me to send you my unit? Because he bought the phone. Do you want me to send you my unit for review? And I was like, no, I don't. Uh, after after holding it with with Michael, after seeing that holographic photography, I am like, all right, this phone is DOA. Like, I'm sure that there will be fans from Red that will buy it, and those same fans from Red will not be. I don't think they'll be stupid enough to keep it. See, I was also asked by Brandon if I wanted to take a look at it, and yeah. my reaction was like, does it have an amazing camera? Because otherwise. Nope. Like it's it's a gimmick if it doesn't have a great camera. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's all it is. And for reference, this is seven and a half ounces, and this is heavy. This is yeah. heavy if you it's carry It's just your weight pocket. distribution is everything. If you're gonna make a phone, 9. you can't 7. make a phone that heavy because again, it just it'll give you your it'll give you pinky strain. <laughs> like strain. whenever you're holding the phone to type, it'll give you pinky strain. It's too heavy. Maybe you need to do pinky workouts. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Oh, sorry guys, my my Wi-Fi decided to reset itself for whatever reason. Um, okay, can relate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so it it almost seems like everybody has these problems with the phone. Even the people who are trying to sell the dang thing, because Verizon have gone ahead and quarantined their units. The day before the sale was meant to happen, um, so there, there's just there's still on like there, there's there are people who are just saying that um, the phone is just going to be sold at a later date, but they're being held. People who went to Verizon wanted to get their phones, they weren't able to, and it's just it just seems to me like this entire thing. Like if there's any company that has the resources to be able to make this com- that, that this phone come to market, it should be Red. But look at all these problems that are happening right now. Um, so. It, are we going to call this a DOA? Like, is this going to be, is this considered a DOA or can this be salvaged? I'm calling it. I'm calling yeah. it. I'm yeah, calling it. I'm, I'm sure that there are fans out there. It's just, here's the thing. Let me just put it to you this way. A lot of people are like, yes, but the modules that are coming. I'm like, all right, guys. If the phone can, mod- it, modularity ever worked? It, ever. No, but, but that, it's not just that. If the phone can't even handle Android well, if it can't even handle its own operating system well, how are we expecting it to be any greater with with added complexity? Yeah, like it's it's still it's DOA. <laughs> you guys, like you've heard it here, folks. It DOA. <laughs> it, it, if you build a phone and you're you're like, hey, we've also got these attachments that you can put on, and it'll make it even better. No, if it's not good enough without attachments, it's DOA. Like, like I don't want to carry around attachments for my phone because even and i'm not going to even the specific use case scenarios for a phone like the hydrogen one don't seem like they're enough for people who own red cameras like could you see mkbhd actually buying this phone just to use it as a second monitor no 
I, I don't think he would use it as a phone. I exactly. mean, if there's just no point. I mean, if that phone were two hundred bucks, I wouldn't buy it. It's I'll put it to you that way. That phone is so bad. If it were worth two hundred bucks, I wouldn't buy it. Like, and and let alone if it's twelve hundred dollars, and I could get so much. Um, I could get a far better experience. Not even a far better. I can get the experience that a smartphone is meant to do with the OnePlus Six T. I I would not even I like again. I this is one of those reviews that I was like not interested. No, thank you. Whenever wow. you've got like whenever you've got like generation four, you guys let me know. But this phone is like wow. It's just all it took was five minutes with the phone to realize my god, this is a very it feels like an early alpha, not even a beta of a product. Yeah. Okay. So the um, just to make sure we cover our stories here, apparently. Uh, the first production run of the titanium version is literally just not going to ship. That's 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 it's just they just said no. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> um, they that's a if 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 something went wrong with the manufacturing process, that's a very expensive mistake yep. because titanium is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, he acknowledges uh, the CEO Jim Jannard says that those who paid more than sixteen hundred dollars to reserve the titanium edition of the phone. They're probably pretty pissed off, and they're going to be waiting much longer than the 14 months they've already had to wait for the phone. <laughs> like, yeah, when the CEO is already saying, guys, we screwed up, I get that you're mad, but what can we do? No, and and then you've got all, like, the image image processing improvements on the Snapdragon 845, which the 835 doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're using last year's camera technology, and so people are like, yes, but the modules, I'm like, guys, can we just, let's, let's accept one fact. This is a phone a phone let's make sh- only let's way. make sure that it can be a phone first that it's good enough on its own as a phone like if, if jim Jonner would have been like yes but it's got a red camera sensor it's the first mobile red camera sensor on a phone boom i'm gonna be like all right fine i want to see that that and i want the only way the only way that even remarkably or rem- remotely not remarkably remotely it moves the mark is if that sensor is about the size of this camera hump. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, it's just another camera phone. I've been like, saying that forever. Like, I think that there are companies out there like GoPro who already do great jobs with their sensors. How come we can't just, like, shave that off and put it on the back of a phone? Red could have definitely – Red could have done something like that, something radical like that. And I think Sony needs to start blurring the lines between its, you know, RX100 and its phones. Yeah. I mean, if they could put a one inch, start doing that, if they could put a one one inch sensor on a phone, three quarter inch, yeah. half inch sensor. You know, we're we're right now we're talking about like eighth inch sensors. Yeah, and it's a tiny. So if you can start building out a bigger sensor, I would carry a thicker phone. I would carry a phone that's twice you. as thick as the iPhone 10, if it had a bigger battery and a massive sensor, and I would I would be okay with it just being an okay phone and a fantastic camera. Okay. Be okay with that. I'm really happy you said that because I, I do want to. I do want to just call out a couple of things going on in the live chat right now. A few people are saying like, you know, you're saying this about the red hydrogen one, but what about the fact that you know you're just saying that the Pixel Three is so great when obviously it has so many different problems. Well, this is the thing: the red hydrogen one is failing on all fronts. Like we don't look past the problems of the Pixel Three XL, the notch, the display, the software, stuff like that. Yeah, Android P, the way it is right now, annoying to use in a way. Those gestures, I personally don't like them in, at all. Um, it is not the most optimized device out there. You can look at the Oxygen OS 
uh, um, software for that kind of optimization. Yes, there are problems with it, but here's a phone in the Pixel 3 that actually gets it right when it comes to a couple key things, and one of them is camera. If yeah. that was the case with the Red Hydrogen 1, we would look past all of these problems, but it's not doing that. It's not actually killing the camera game at, so, in any way. I'm, I'm trying to understand the purpose for the phone. It's, it's, are you telling me that this phone has the <clears throat> capability of replacing a brain for a standard Red? Which, yes, the brain is... $20,000 on its own. Mm-hmm. And so this phone will serve because it's it's a smartphone. It's it's smarter than a camera brain technically if you think of it. If that is the purpose for it and we're waiting on the sensor to attach, which is what I've heard. I've heard that there will there will be a red sensor that will attach to the phone. The question is, then does the purpose of the phone mean that it's going to become the brain if that's it? And they just haven't explained it well. Yeah. Uh, or they have, I, and I just hadn't, I haven't paid attention well. I just, God, I, 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 like, how much are all those modules going to cost, and how is that going to be better than buying a Sony a7 III for $800 more? Yeah. That is the big question. Like, listen, people, go buy yourself a OnePlus 6, buy yourself an a7 III, and you've got two things that are really good on their own. <laughs> yeah, that's what Taylor's yeah. using right now. That's why it looks so damn good. I was supposed to use my GH5 right now, but the freaking, I don't know. Hopefully I'm better for next week. Or if I'm even here next week. Um, so here's a question that I want to pose to all of you. Like, we have seen partnerships happen between companies, camera companies and phone companies, that have actually yielded great results. Huawei and Leica come to mind. Shouldn't have Red just partnered with an established entity? and just Which is Red. That? Which is Red. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like... You know, which is red. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think that Motorola did it right with the whole concept of the Hasselblad Moto Mod, but then they screwed up in the implementation. Mm-hmm. So I think that Red should have just created a module that attaches to certain smartphones and partnered with somebody, but not tried to make a phone. Yeah, exactly. Samsung. Samsung. I know Samsung makes some cameras, but they're, that's not their forte. Samsung should make the phone, and Red should make the camera. Honestly, Google Google should have just gotten red into like their fold because if there's one huge problem that I just I have a lot of trouble looking past with the OnePlus with the uh, Pixel Three XL, it is the audio pickup of the video. The video is not bad, but the audio pickup is terrible. So if you were to enhance the video and then make audio better and then put red in there to like create codecs for the video that make it look amazing, blah blah blah, that would have been awesome, like that kind of thing. But there's just a certain level of we got this, and clearly you don't. So sorry, Red. <laughs> like, no. At, at what point do our phones with all these mods and attachments turn into like the vlogger cameras? You know, I've been waiting for like it. I mean, I vlog with smartphones all the time, and not one has actually proven to be the best for vlogging. At at, at in any case, I thought the Pixel Three would be that phone no. because of the wide angle front, but the but there's no OIS on it, so it's always still jittery, and the audio pickup is terrible. So like, well, I'm I'm saying like. The phone, you know, they're they're trying to push all these attachments and mods, and and eventually Which your phone don't is going to look we like haven't a vlogger even camera. That's true, we, but I'm saying like you're going to be holding a phone, and it's got an attachment on the top, and an attachment on the bottom and the sides, and then you know it just it's a Franken phone. <laughs> Ergonomics aren't there. The the quality of it's not there. It's a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted money. Somebody should just spend the money on R and D and get and, it right, and, and, rather you know, than just run to market with something that's half baked. At and best. You know what, Red? Uh, in your defense, we've got the Amazon Fire Phone. You're not the only company that has screwed up a phone really badly. Mm. So you got that. 
Yeah. yeah. But that was my question to Taylor earlier. Like, there have been so many examples of these things going wrong. And uh, why why wouldn't they make it so that they don't make they don't make those mistakes? You know, I would I would have loved it's a hold my beer situation. I would have loved the USB C smartphone adapter, uh, one thousand dollars USB C smartphone adapter. Then you can snap to any Android phone in a way. You remember those Sony uh, those Sony like attachments for Xperia that mm-hmm. didn't just work for Xperia's. It had its own separate sensor, its own zoom lens. And, and if it would have like the equivalent of an APS-C or micro four thirds sensor that you can attach to an existing smartphone red, that should be your business. Would, Not would making the phone. I would buy that. <laughs> Someone in the chat said Leatherman needs to make a phone. I, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> you know what, Red? I'll give you. I'll give you this much credit. I have. Uh, I did not look at your phone. Um, I, I. I would have liked to, but it's not like I even got contacted by you guys to actually get a unit or anything like that. I will tell you this though. Um, you and are throwing shade. You're. You're in. Well, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, you know, I could look at your phone. It is actually going to come to market in one way or another. At least you've done that. Whereas another company like Touring never even got close to coming to market. So I'll give you that much credit. So, <laughs> um, it, yeah, the funny. Th- whatever happened to those Sony attachments? Uh, a few people were using them. I remember I went to a couple of trade shows where someone was using it to like record their content for 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 the shows. But no, they kind of died then and there. So, I mean, they were they were not half bad from what I recall. Yeah, they weren't they were terrible. Decent. They were basically where we are now with smartphone cameras. Like, you know, they yeah. were ahead of their time in that sense. But they had to be this thick for that to happen. But now we, we now we have it given phones like the Mate 20 Pro and whatnot. So it's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've been able to cover all of that. Um, I, I want to wrap this up in a couple. I just want to check in on everybody one last time. Um, Techtober did not kill us, thank God, from Apocalypse. We are definitely all really tired. I know I myself, I'm behind. I'm not behind on reviews, like on my personal channel, you know, but I have all of them to do still. Um, what's up next? What are we looking forward to for the rest of the year? It's the holiday season at this point. Is there anything coming up? Hi, my dear. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I apologize. I was interrupted for a minute. What did you say? <laughs> I was I was checking what's coming up next. Like, because God, he's not I, done I'm, yet, I'm, guys. I have I have a table full of OnePlus sixty Mate twenty Pro Razor phone, the Pixel three. These are reviews I haven't been able to complete, man. It's Same. Just, yeah. God, it's it's been the, so crazy. Uh, then I had issues with my Pixel. Uh, the Razer phone didn't have final software. The MateBook, the Mate 20 Pro didn't have final software, and we're still waiting for the final build. Uh, we're behind, not intentionally. It's like you know, it's it's the crazy amount of announcements in addition to the fact that some of these phones weren't ship complete. Yeah. That was a problem. That's true. It's become a bit yeah. of a crazy and, and 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 I and I know that there are publications that already have their reviews out. I, if they want to do it with pre-production software, that's great for them. We don't do that kind of stuff. We mm-hmm. I would rather be late and not get the views, but do the do the job right. That's just me, and that's just us. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, you know, um, to to uh, all credit to any of those other publications, I have seen a number of different reviews that say, "By the way, this is pre-production. We'll update it if anything crazy happens." Then how? Later then on. how is? Then how is that a review? I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to throw shade. Is all I'm saying. You know, I'm not trying to throw shade. It's just, it's just no. And and by the way, this is not 
me throwing shade at other publications. It's the contrary. I mean, I know that all of us have a certain amount of pressure and their schedules are probably tighter than ours. Oh, and so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, we need to get this review out because we've got so many more things to do. You know, most of these are dealing with more things than just phones. It's just the problem is, you know, when I read the comments and it's like, like, for example, I did an Oppo Find X video recently and everybody's like, yes, this review is horribly late. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) <laughs> oh, they were only giving out China phones. They reached out to me offering a China phone. What am I going to do with a China phone in the United States? Yes, it's 100%. not going to work. So I was like, send me the phone where I can, where it works in the United States, and I will definitely review it. And it took that long. Yeah. By the Can't, way, that's you know, the. By the way, that's the reason for a couple of people in the chat right now who are asking what the Mi Mix Three is. Uh, that was the Chinese SKU that I was using. There you uh, go. Yeah. You know, and and so and, and it's one of the reasons why I didn't even review the Mi Mix 2S. I did a hands-on, but then they ended up sending me the final review unit with U.S. software so late it was it was not relevant anymore. I you know honestly I was I was I was even considering not doing that Find X review if it wasn't because that phone was so cool in my opinion. And so that's the thing, you know, some people are, are t- like, we have a horrible schedule coming up. We've got more travel to do. The reviews are going to come up, but they're going to come up when we, can. you know, they're going to happen. But, you know, we, we just, we, I hate rushing stuff, man. That It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And if you uh, I have these, and I don't know what any of them really are. <laughs> oh. Lord, I know, I know. What a- Anybody have a preference on any of these? I don't know anything about them. I would and love to see your R. thoughts on the Mi A2, honestly. Like, this is an Android 1 device. Yeah, the Mi A2. I would love to see your yeah. thoughts on that later on. Um, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> but, uh, but but the highest profile thing right now in Taylor's camp would be the iPhone XR, which you can look forward to that as well. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, on that note, um, look forward to all of that. There's a lot coming up. You're basically going to see a review, like, every five days. Uh, so, like, um, the... Uh, the reviews are going to be coming out throughout November. Uh, there is some travel still coming up. I'm going to be taking a look at a new Oppo device in a week. So, um, like, you can look. I don't know if I'm going to be here on the podcast for next week, but we'll see what happens then. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff coming up afterwards after all of that as well. So, um, at the end of the line, of course, there is CES. So, hopefully, we're all going to be together for that. I think registration is open right now. So, that's something for us to do. Um, but yeah, on that note, we're going to call it on this one. The Tactical Weekly. There you go. Jules put that into the script. The Tactical nice. Weekly is as much a conversation as it is a show. So make sure you make your voices heard either in the comment sections or by emailing us. The email address is podcast at pocketnow.com. On Twitter, Jaime is found at Jaime underscore Nevada. Remember that underscore. Brandon is Brandon Mini Man. And Taylor is at Casper Tech. That's T-E-K at the end. I can, of course, be found at JV Tech T. And you know me. I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink tea. Uh, coffee this morning, though. Still recovering from all of the phone apocalypse craziness. But uh, moving forward, of course, Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adario every single weekday. We'd certainly appreciate your feedback through Google, Apple, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or wherever you happen to be streaming us, because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for 330 episodes straight. Thanks for your company, guys. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Let's meet again soon. And uh, maybe I will see you next week, but we will see you next week for the next episode.